You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I am your host for this episode, Mike. And I'm Bane. And I am joined by Bane. I was born in the darkness. You simply adapted to it. You know what I read the other day? And what? I was kind of excited about this, Bane. And my understanding is, is you're a fan of his as well. Yes. Uh, but my understanding was that Tom Hardy was oh. going to be cast as the next James Bond. Oh, I like some Tom's Hardy. Mm-hmm. I like Tom's Hardy, too. He's bisexual. Did you know that? He's He has stated that, yes, but I also know that a lot of male celebrities like to do the gay baiting thing, and so I'm always kind of like, like, is that real? I don't know. Anyway, um, Bane, thank you so much for joining me tonight, but I'm going to have to ask you to leave because Austin has now arrived, and I I need Austin's voice for this particular episode. Bane, get the fuck out of here. Oh no, this is such a disappointment. Have a lovely evening, you two. That guy's a creep. Uh, you know, he is a little bit of a creep, but also, in an odd way, a sweetheart. He really is. He is. Before we started to record, we had a really interesting discussion about his mother, and he loves her. He does. It's so, it is so endearing to see a megalomaniacal terrorist Batman villain who loves his mom. I think everyone could do a little bit. I agree. Anyway, I'm your host, Mike, and I have now been joined by Austin, and we will stop this ridiculousness and get on with our episode. Um, I don't think it was ridiculousness. Come on. No, that was pretty funny. You're, you're pretty good. Maybe we should have other comic book-related guests on in future. Um, oh, God, I don't know if I could do any other voices. Uh, I mean, we'll, I can do Smeagol. We'll talk. Oh, that was another sad thing that happened. Apparently, recently, the dude that waste Batman for like the last 20 plus years of like animated Batman oh. shows and stuff like he died oh I know right Isn't that weird? Yeah. anyway oh god here I'm I'm, I'm tangenting again <laughs> all right our topic tonight is elemental spirits and um we were talking about this just a moment ago before we started to record um as we were kissing Bane goodbye um <clears throat> and we um remembered or you you and I both recalled that we actually did discuss or touch upon elemental spirits in a prior episode. I think that probably was season two. Um, But the tone of that episode was really kind of more about like, what are they? Right. And so in this episode, rather than going into what are they, which will, you know, we'll, we'll do a little bit of that, right. Cause we want to, we want to recap and make sure everyone's on the same page, but um. This episode really, I think, is going to be more about um, kind of just how how to work with them, like practical ways to work with them. Um, because I think a lot of people get really in their heads or there's a lot of confusion around that. And really working with these spirits, to be honest, is can be very easy. Um, Austin is doing this very odd thing with his tongue, and I'm not sure if I should be repulsed or titillated. I'm both. I'm... S- I'm scared and aroused. I'm scaroused. Yes, I am scaroused. Um, anyway, so Austin, just very briefly, how how would you, for our listeners, how would you 
explain or what is an elemental spirit? An elemental spirit is a primordial creature or being or thought form or energetic construct that is aligned with the elemental spirits of this world. Um, that includes fire, air, water, earth, sometimes heart and spirit, and all that other Captain Planet chicanery. Well, and if you're into kind of more like Asian mysticism, you have the additional elements of things like metal, wood, wood, lightning, you've got others, right? Mm -hmm. but, and we're not really focusing on the elements as they manifest in physical form to us as humans, mm -hmm. right? We're talking about something that would be more kind of like the animistic spirit behind those elements, yes. right? Okay. And we work with these spirits regularly. Whether you, you believe you are working with elementals in your practice or not, you, you as a spiritual practitioner of some kind, you, you are, are tapping into elemental energy all the time. It's true. Um, so how would you distinguish or explain the difference between a fire elemental and fire? Because I think a lot of people think like, oh, I lit my candle and there's it's burning. There's a fire elemental there. And it's like, no, that's really just fire. A fire elemental is the sentient is the sentient I guess being animistic spirit that would be associated with fire or air okay. or water or whatever. Okay. Um so while yes, when you light your candle there's that sense of of fire elemental stuff. Uh, a fire elemental is not just hanging around waiting for you to light the fire. You know, now if you've lit that candle and it's been going for a minute, it might attract something like a fire elemental. But at that point, it's that's how people's houses catch on fire. And you you raise a very good point with that, and I'd like you to maybe explain explain this a little bit because we I also recall in past episodes, not necessarily on this topic. But on episodes in the past where we've had you and Vlad, we need to have Vlad back on the podcast. It's been a long time, and people have been asking about him. We assure you, Vlad is still alive and well. Um, he's just very busy. Uh, anyway, but on a prior episode, you and Vlad were talking or got into a conversation around chaotic kinds of energies mm -hmm. and spirits that can be a bit more chaotic in nature. Mm -hmm. And would you would you maybe would you would you say focusing on again on elemental spirits specifically? Like, these are, for the most part, these are spirits that are going to be chaotic in their they energy. Are, they are divinely and primally chaotic. Okay. Because our, 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 our human idea of what chaos is, mm -hmm. is all those little Instagram, Pinterest, and TikTok witches who go, I'm a chaos practitioner. I lack structure, and I just don't know how to do anything. And I refuse yeah. to actually follow a, a, a monograph for a plant spirit to actually work. Um, when in reality, uh, that's just the human perception of chaos. Whereas the spiritual perception of chaos is um, controlled uncontrollableness. Yeah, it, it really is kind of like a, a very dichotomous kind of thing. Or like, there's, there's, yeah, there is this very weird like. Um, I talked about this in my chaos magic class, mm -hmm. right? The these this idea of opposites that yet somehow yield balance right mm -hmm. the concept that like everything is nothing and nothing is everything right or you you see other kinds of axioms like you know as above so below like these kinds of things coming out so of without, yeah. hered hermeticism right yeah. so so you yes absolutely to to attack on what you were saying yes these are 
beings that can be because of their nature, both divinely and primally. Um, they can be as we would connect with their energies as humans. They can manifest in ways that we would perceive to be chaotic in nature, right? We're dealing with um, raw elemental spirit, right? We're dealing with basically like these spirits that are behind the forces of nature. Yes. Right. Um, well, and nature in and of itself is chaotic. Yeah. It is chaotic in the most balanced way. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with you completely. And as far as the the limited understanding of what the the energy or the the spiritual spiritual aspect of chaos really is, mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of people that have some very confused ideas. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Okay. So that we can get a little bit more in depth there. Okay. So, a forest fire that starts of its own accord due to a lightning strike, mm -hmm. while unfortunate. Is part of how nature balances an overactive ecosystem. Yeah. Um, from that, new life comes. Mm -hmm. That's that. That's chaotic. So there are these people who think that chaos is just unbridled, just power that has no focus or direction, and that they just do whatever the hell they want, whenever the hell they want, however mm -hmm. the hell they want, and yeah. that's not it. Even the chaos of nature has a purpose. Yeah. And even chaos magic, in order for you to get anything done, you have to have a purpose and an intention. Am I wrong? No, that's very true. You know, and it has to be very clear. It can't just be this convoluted idea of what abundance is. It has to be yeah. much more specific than that. Yeah. Abundant in what? And are we yeah. Yeah. overabundant or underabundant? Yes. Right? Yes. So, just for the listeners. Okay. All right. No, no, no. That, that's, that's, that's good clarification. So Look at me getting more right. philosophical. So, with that in mind, it would make sense to me, and I think to pretty much anybody else listening, that we need to be... That we should be probably particularly careful when maybe calling or bringing these kinds of spirits into, say... Our home. I wouldn't say careful as much as I would say cautious. Because you say careful and people automatically go to, oh. Well, and I guess, okay, so, and maybe that's just the, maybe that's just a symptom of the terminally online thing that we yes. see happening with a lot of practitioners now, that, that kind of thinking. But ca being cautious and being careful are, are, for me at least, very much the same. They, they are. But you know. it's, it's, it's the verbiage. It's just like when you, when I tell a voice student, relax your jaw, they're going to clench it and hold it in the same place thinking that's relaxed because it's not moving, whereas oh. release your jaw okay. is more, oh, okay, release. Ah. So with this, careful versus cautious, mm -hmm. it's the same thing, same end result. One is less abrasive than the I other, see. I suppose. Well, I'm not interested in being less abrasive. Um, Ooh, Mike is feisty. I said abrasively. Um, <clears throat> okay, so so I, I think that we are of of a, a consensus though that these are elemental spirits that we one we we probably don't want to, we sh we shouldn't be afraid of working with these spirits. No, um, but in working with them, we do need to make sure that we have uh, that we are more organized in what we're doing and that we have, that we are more mindful mm -hmm. of the, um, unexpected ways that their power can sometimes manifest yes. in a working, right? Um, I love to work with 
uh, or, or I, I'm sorry, let me, let me start that over again. I, I also love getting into the uh, discussion, and I haven't had this kind of discussion in many, many years, but years ago, as I was kind of involved in a broader spectrum of the uh, occult community, right? Um, I remember having on more than one occasion conversations with like high ceremonial magicians or people that were kind of more within the bent of like, say like Solomonic craft, mm-hmm. these kinds of things, right? And I always loved talking with these kinds of personalities, these practitioners around their views and their perspectives on elemental spirits, because elemental spirits are a huge thing in high ceremonial practices, many types of high ceremonial practices. Um, And it was very clear, very quick into those conversations that witches, folk practitioners, and high ceremonial magicians, we all view and treat these kinds of spirits very differently. Mm -hmm where the high ceremonial magicians, at least in those conversations, were all about, well, I trace my seal and I do my evocation and because of this, 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 and this, I'm in control of that element. And that element has to do whatever I tell it to, right? And it's been my experience, like many of the other kinds of spirits that people like to work with, human practitioners like to work with, that that concept of control is an illusion. You are dealing with a spirit who probably is, one, just happy to get a little bit of extra attention, but two, is probably also laughing its ass off at your weak little human concept of what control over spirit really means. Okay, And I'm going to tell you guys right now, there will be people who will listen to our this episode who will be like, well, that's not right. I don't agree with that. But I'm going to tell you right now. I don't care how skillful you are as a magician. I don't care how strong you are as a witch, whatever the hell you may call yourself. You are never going to be fully in control of an elemental spirit. That is not possible. You can do things to contain them. You can do things, at least temporarily, you can do things to maybe limit the way that they physically manifest within a certain space. But if that fire elemental wants to step away from your rights and decide to maybe set your curtains on fire or god who knows right make the room so fucking hot that your air conditioner dies funny story austin i've had an experience like that yeah but that wasn't with um, a fire that elemental. wasn't a fire em- elemental that, that was, was with hecate brimo that was definitely a spirit <laughs> that was strongly associated with fire though you know and the, the reason that the air conditioner in that space died is because the room got so fucking hot the air conditioner couldn't keep up anyway but those are those are things that can happen Right, um, and so we, we need to be careful about those things. Okay, so let's let's move on from there. Let's actually start talking about maybe some of the practical ways. Okay, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that working with these spirits is something that a lot of people really are already doing, or that when they're thinking about working with these spirits, a lot of people get nervous because there's confusion around what that really looks like. Okay, one of the things that I like to talk about when I talk about the process of ritual, not necessarily spell work, but you can factor this into your spell work, and I want your opinion on this, Austin. Okay, but when we are wanting to attract these spirits, when we are wanting to call in, say, the energy of a water elemental, when we are wanting to, you know, whatever it may be, right? That one of the best ways we, or, or really good places to start around that is to incorporate that physical element into our working. Mm-hmm. If you're wanting to call in or attract a water spirit, you should probably find some other way to actually incorporate physical water into your working, yes. or your rite, or your spell. Right. You know, and it is not necessarily that in doing that, that you are now, now I'm calling in all the elementals, right? Because remember at the beginning, those are different things. Fire does not mean fire elemental. Water does not mean water elemental. Mm -hmm. But you're going to find that that water elemental is going to be much more likely to show up if you have water Uh on your altar. 
right? I don't know if it's I, I liken it almost to this this concept of of say sometimes like 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 attracts like, mm-hmm. right? It's almost like what I do on my altar and the way that I put this together and build this is in some sense going to mirror the other the outer. Right, mm-hmm. it's like that very much. Like this is my macrocosm, and through the process of this, I will then call in the influence of the macrocosm. Mm-hmm. Is kind of the idea, right? Um, so, what's your take on that, Austin? I, I agree with that. You most definitely, if you're going to be doing this type of stuff, then you need to have a uh, representation, a physical representation of said element, candle for fire, so on and so forth. Um, I don't necessarily look at it as like 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 attract like, like attracts like though I do see that and I agree with that. Um, I see it more as it's almost like these are portals into that specific elementals realm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, absolutely. You know, okay, yeah. Um, which is why you can sit and you can gaze at a fire, you can gaze at a candle flame, and while a fire elemental might not be present, you might see snippets and uh, figures forming. Because you're gazing into the realm of fire. Okay. Yeah. All right. Which is when we're scrying with the different elements, that's what happens. Is you're opening up mm-hmm. into that realm, and you're seeking attention—not uh, attention. You're seeking guidance and information from those beings, and they're going to respond in 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 tandem. So you know you're working with fire for scrying. You're going to get a very fiery answer, and you probably mm-hmm. won't like it. And it's it's not going to tell you what you want to hear, but it is going to tell you the extremes. Mm -hmm. It's going to tell you this is the best case scenario. This is the worst case scenario. There's nothing in between. If you're scrying with water, your my old teacher always said water is the is is the emotional whore. It, It will tell you. Okay. What your heart most desires, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be true. Okay. It'll tell you what your emotions are already feeling, and you're going to go down that scenario. Because remember, divination is not finite. Earth yeah. is probably the more, most reliable, where we would see uh, it is very this world, physical world, materialistic things. Mm-hmm. Air, we would see probably weird, esoteric, disconnected and discombobulated things it'd be like talking to a fucking aquarius it seems difficult sometimes to actually get a clear answer from air elementals Mm -hmm. uh, or to get solid you uh, ask a question to which another question is given back to you kind of yeah it's usually and it's not like they're they're not trying to be difficult but it's almost something about their their nature also is like they're like i don't yeah i I, i've noticed that as well (laughs) are we going to end up together and their response is going to be well i don't know do you want to end up together yes and they're gonna be just like that. Yeah. Oof. It's like talking to light workers. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, talking about and going, touching upon a bit more of what you were talking about with like say uh, doorways. Uh huh. Okay. So in the process of working with these spirits, you know, if you actually really were just wanting to focus on elemental spirits as allies, right? I'm not recommending you do that necessarily. It's not that that would be a bad thing, but um, why limit yourself, right? Um. But would you? What would you say about actually being uh, putting some extra work into establishing altars, elemental altars? Oh yeah, most which definitely. We, which we know are common in many practices. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in the process of doing that, how how would you go about doing that? 
Just give us maybe an example of one. Let's say, let's say Earth. We've talked about fire a little bit. Let's talk about Earth. How would you go about setting up an elemental altar for Earth? And I went with Earth also because Earth, to be honest, of the elemental altars, Earth should really probably be the easiest mm -hmm. to set up. What, um, would that, what would that look like? Do you not think I can set up a more complicated altar? I have my doubts. Oh, you bitch. So anyway, you'd be outside most likely if you're going to be Earth, and it's going to be Thonic. It's going to be on the ground. Um, or on stones or on rocks. Think of it like a garden. What would you what would you put say on said earth altar? Rocks. Okay. Rocks, dirt, um, common symbols you would find associated with it. So things like pentacles, cubes. Uh, you could put wood there. Wood mm -hmm. carvings. You want to avoid fire. Um. So basically anything that we would associate with, like, the green physical yes. earth. Okay. All right. Um, green and black would be the colors there. Yeah. Based on some traditions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Green, black, um, and brown. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's, okay, let's let's shake it up. Okay, so air. Let's do, let's put together some suggestions for air. Air, you'd want the altar to be a little bit higher. If you're going to do it outside, an easy way to do that is to have, like, um... Like birdhouses, birdhouses. Yeah, basically do a, a like a birdhouse, and then <coughs> let that be like the home for the air elementals. Um, you could connect it that way using feathers. Uh, incense is always popular when it comes to uh, air. However, yeah. it is a combination of all four elements. Incenses. You have your earth components. Your uh, fragrances, which are usually your air, mm -hmm. you have your waters, and you have your fire, which is the combustibles in it. Yeah. Um, another way you could do an altar for air is you could just do an like a lifted shelf in your home mm -hmm. if you really wanted that. Um, colors you'd commonly find with air would be whites, uh, grays, yellows, things like that. You could have representations of flying creatures. Mm -hmm. So you could have birds. Hell, you can even put a dragon on there, though dragons are typically fire. Um, but anything that flies, dragonflies, butterflies. Um, they, I, I find that most air altars will have some sort of scent involved, not necessarily incense. Okay, alright. You'd put it in the cardinal direction that your tradition would associate with east. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... I mean, with air. Well, well I mean, I get that varies by tradition, right? That's what yeah, I just said. Yeah, it's yeah, your yeah, tradition. Yeah, so, yeah, so you, you, you don't find every tradition putting an air altar in a particular direction, mm -hmm. right? Some of us don't even observe cardinal directions and those things mm -hmm. like you know so anyway wind chimes anything that makes sound they love yes yes sound i was i was wondering if you were going to bring up sound because sound is we don't have sound without air mm -hmm. right um and uh so yes so that is um is very interesting like when you think of the ways that you could incorporate or work with sound um musical instruments um people love their singing bowls you could put a singing bowl on wind chimes altar, wind chimes uh, yeah. There's actually, um, you have, mom has this wind chime at home mm -hmm. where it has a little fan in it. Yeah. And so it actually like will create a stream of air that makes the yeah, wind chime moves go. moves the chimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of cool. Yeah. Like you can have wind chimes in the house. Yes. Um, okay. 
All right. So what's your what's your take on elements and other correspondences? So things say maybe like days or planets or herbs or things like that because we find in the process of structuring rituals and spells that we pull elements from lots of different things mm -hmm. right this is why the the important the importance of correspondence right in our work right we we've talked repeatedly on the podcast that this whole idea that like your intent is everything you just need to sit there and you just need to focus really really hard on what you want and that's going to make it happen and that's bullshit okay that's that's not spell work that's not ritual work that's a prayer that's an affirmation. And prayers mm -hmm. and affirmations are wonderful. But prayers and affirmations are typically not going to get anything done. Um, so if you want to actually accomplish something with your spiritual work, you need to bring in some of these other spiritual correspondents, right? So what would we say with, um, and I'm teaching a planetary magic class here in the next little bit, you know, and in the process of compiling the information for that class, we know that all of the, the planets that align in our solar system have uh, elemental correspondences. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, not a planet, but a luminary. What is the? What would you associate elementally to the sun? Fire. Okay. All right. Absolutely. So in the process of, and let me let me kind of bring this together now. Okay. So in the process of working with or doing a spell where you wanted to call upon a fire elemental, right? Mm -hmm. Would it make sense to you maybe that I'm going to want to do that working maybe say outside on a hot summer day while the sun is in full light? No, it should be done whenever your intention desires it to be. Well, that's a true answer as well. And it should be in the ocean. In the ocean? In the ocean, surrounded by water. Because all it takes is intention. Am I like on a boat or am I actually underwater? You're just like floating there. I'm floating there? Just like on, on like a piece of driftwood. Oh. Okay. Like in the Titanic. Oh, God. Am I... But no, it would make sense to have it on like a, a, a hot day. Like okay. hot day, height of noon, like... Yeah. Well, not only, not only do we then see the elemental energy of the sun, but in a situation like that, I think we also psychologically and physically, we're going to associate a hot summer day with fire mm -hmm. which is going to set us up to be in the right place to then receive that energy in the process of evoking a fire element. now if you're in ohio on a hot summer day you're gonna get fire and water well possibly yes because it's terribly terribly humid uh but anyway you know and i, I do want to clarify in no way am in, in doing this am i trying to say that we we couldn't call a fire elemental in the middle of the night in the middle of winter we absolutely could Right. Um, but it could take a little bit of extra work. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, we might need to do a little bit more to, to kind of coax that spirit forward um, in ourselves and, and for them. Right. Um, all right. So I'm not going to go through all of the planets, but let's throw out another one. One that um, people are terribly concerned with, it would seem these days. Every time there's a retrograde with this planet, everybody loses their shit. But Mercury, what elemental correspondent do we usually have associated with Mercury? Air. Yeah. Yes, air. I love like you're you're talking to me and it's like you're testing me and I'm like, I don't know, Mike. What is it? I'm not testing you. I know that you know the answers to these things. What's the element associated with Saturn? With Saturn, Earth. Uh huh. All right. Venus. Venus is very combination for me. I wouldn't necessarily say water for Venus, but it's. 
It depends what tradition. All right, I'll accept that. An answer worthy of a lawyer. Because Venus is Venusian, and we also know that Lucifer was originally associated with Venus. He's Venusian. They are Venusian. Therefore, it would be fire. I've got a good one for you, and this might confuse some of our listeners as well, or surprise, maybe I should say surprise some of our listeners, but Jupiter. What elemental correspondent is Jupiter? Lightning. Mm. If you work with a tradition that observes lightning as an elemental spirit, yes. But in a lot of traditions, lightning is basically just fire. Mm-hmm. What other element? For Jupiter? Yeah. Um, Jupiter, I'd probably... I don't know. It flips so much for me. But Jupiter is king. Jupiter is usually going to be... Uh, I usually associate water or earth. Okay. I wouldn't, ne- I wouldn't necessarily go with air for Jupiter. Okay. Jupiter will have strong watery associations. It feels the, like it feels like. How can I put it? Jupiter is water, but with it, it, it's it's like the. It's the water that holds everything together. Without that pressure, everything falls apart. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. That, all right. that feels very s- solid. Okay. You know that that makes sense. As opposed to say a planet like Neptune, which we also associate with water, but Neptune is the like, haha, deep water mystery. No one knows. Mm-hmm. Um, where Jupiter's like, this is a measured tide, order, structure, beneficence. Um, okay. All right. But basically, going there, right? We have all of these other correspondences and things that we can what bring is into. What element is Earth? Earth? <gasps> Earth is lots of things. Yeah. And to be honest, most of those planetary bodies and luminaries are lots of things. Mm-hmm. But in the process of organizing these things and these pieces to, into correspondence for a working of some sort, right? In the process of calling upon an Earth elemental, maybe it would be a good idea to incorporate some sort of Venusian energy. Right, mm-hmm. because we would probably much rather have Venus in there than Saturn. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Um, if we were working with fire, the Sun would of course be a wonderful correspondent to incorporate, or barring that, maybe a little bit of Mars. Yes, right? depending on what you're trying to do. Exactly. Okay, so that was kind of what I was talking about. But we see the same thing with herbs, right? And and again, the reason I'm going into these things is because I'm trying to provide practical information on ways that people can work with other things to attract or draw these energies into their work if you have planetary correspondences if you are planetary correspondences if you have herbal correspondences if you have these things all built up and you know these are things that are going to align to a particular kind of elemental spirit you're going to attract that elemental spirit much more easily that's the idea yeah okay otherwise i i you know i wouldn't be going there if if this was not a benefit okay so i got you all right so one of the other things that I wanted you to kind of talk about a little bit, Austin, because you, you're an energy worker. No. You do a lot of healing work. And, well, you like to call yourself an energy worker. I don't know, though. I don't know. I just practice light worker voodoo. It is. It's, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Is that That's kind of an offense to the voodoo community. It's true. Um, anyway. But you, you do energy work. And I'm not talking about the Reiki and the specific things that you do as an energy worker, okay? But the concept of energy and how our bodies are energy, right? We are within ourselves. We are the elements, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why, as at least witches, 
we are able to, I think, um, I was going to say better, but it's not that we're better at doing this than different types of practitioners, because that's not it. It's not that we're better at this, but I think our perspective of this is a bit different, right? We, when we work with these spirits, we see these spirits as oftentimes, I think, um, energetic or spiritual, uh, not siblings in essence, right? But, but but there's a connection there, right? You're like, I can work with an elemental because I breathe air. I am of air. I need air to survive. Air is very much a component of my being, mm-hmm. right? I our bodies are like what like what seventy percent water is mm-hmm. it? You know, um, that percentage keeps going up. Like I remember when I was younger, it was like your your body's like eighty percent water, and then for a while it was like sixty percent, and then the latest thing I read was seventy percent, and I'm like, well. What is it? Which is it, right? Because I'm going to tell you right now, my body is probably easily 30% coffee. And there's a lot of water in coffee. But coffee is also diuretic. Mm-hmm. So as I'm taking yes. water in, I'm also getting rid of a lot of water. Yes. Um, as you well know, you're always griping at me for not being hydrated enough. It's true. Um, anyway. A hydrated so witch is a happy witch. We can, that's very true. Um, hashtag so, thanks Michelle yes hashtag dark Martha yes hashtag dark Martha um, anyway we um, we know that we have these spiritual connections to these elementals these 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 elemental spirits because we we are them they are us and, and that well I don't know if I would say they are us we because are most of them seem fairly alien they and I don't mean alien like ET extraterrestrial alien I mean just mean they're Ooh. not human they're not they're 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 inhuman yeah. you know they're not human. Um, and so they can feel a little odd or other, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I think that we, we are the elements, right? We have, uh, a heart and a brain that, you know, function off electricity. We see mm-hmm. fire there, right? We, um, you know, we have, well, yeah, right. All the things. So anyway, so what basically where I'm going with all that nonsense is what, what would you say to our listeners on being able to tap into different components of our human physiology and as a component of inviting or working with elemental spirits, the intelligences of elements. What what do you mean? I kind of figured I lost you. And I'm pretty sure I've confused all of our readers now, too. Or the readers, listeners. Oh, my God. I did that last week, too. I said readers. Why why, why do I get that? Where does readers come from? Hmm. Anyway, um... Like now, I've you... confused myself. I swear to you, listeners, we are not high for this episode. No, Thank we God. are not. Um, anyway, but I, I guess what I'm saying is, is, in working with ritual, I think a lot of people because they're so focused on the external, uh-huh. they're so focused on the the etheric and the mm-hmm. other that they forget that like my body as is just as much a tool in this working. Yes, my being and the way that I connect to these energies is just as much a focus for this power. Yes. Right, and so I guess what I was looking for you as an energy worker to maybe share, and you failed me here completely. Um, what I was looking for was maybe some idea that you might have, or maybe an opinion or belief you might possibly share on the importance of remembering that we are the elements as well. And yes, it's very important because if one element in our body is out, so is our so, so is the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> The concept of chakras has become so whitewashed and horrible in the community that I actually, like, I had a, an, an old student of mine and ex-client basically message me, and they were like, blah, 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 I know that you're not into the whole chakra thing, but could you, like, do a chakra tune-up? And I was like, no, because I don't believe in that. 
Um, and then I, like, had to go off on and the whole, like, it's whitewashed, like, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, yes. so, but the elements are within us. You have your bones, which are earth. Uh, your physical body, which is earth. Your blood, which is not just spirit, but also water. You have the electricity, which is fire, but also you have your spirit, which is fire. Um, you have air, obviously, in the lungs, oxygen in the blood. So if one of these is out of balance, all the others are going to go with it. Okay. Usually because if one is overreactive, the other ones die down to try and balance that or they amp up to try and match. Okay. Whereas if one is very very low, the other ones amp up a lot to try and compensate for that. So um as an energy worker, I find that in a lot of working with my clients, um Americans, we have a heavy heavy fire you're yawning. I am yawning. Sorry. I know you had a really long day at the shop. Okay, so let's put this into Listen. practice. Listen. Listen. Don't go there. And don't you martyr. I'm not martyring. I'm listening. All right, so let's put this into like practice. They like step I was by step about to get there, and then oh, you okay, got please, shitty please with me. Well, I wanted you to put together like our, I, where I wanted to go next was actually to tell our listeners, not our readers, but our listeners, to tell our listeners that um, how they could go about structuring an actual right to evoke or call upon an elemental. Depends on which element you're going with. Well, I, I mean, just just in general, just I mean, or you're, just just pick okay. one and go. You're going to need a representation of said element. Okay. You're going to want to build an altar to said element. Um, you need to find out where that element sits within your body, so you can make an energetic connection to it. Um, let's see. You're going to need your evocations, which means, yeah, you're going to need to speak out loud. Particularly if you're doing like an air elemental, you should probably open your fucking mouth and speak. Um, so. You want to make sure that's going on. You want to make sure that it's during times of days uh, that would be beneficial. Uh, moon phases don't necessarily matter unless you're working with water. Uh, water. And at that point, full moon's going to be best for that because that's when you're going to be able to fill the pool of water within yourself and around you more efficiently. Um, you want to align it to the days of the week. And we all know that the days of the week have planetary alignment. So if you're going to do water, then you want to stick with... Friday, probably. Friday has a little bit more of a watery kind of feel. Well, Friday is Venusian. Yes. And like we mentioned, Venusian is kind of like, eh, it's water, it's fire, it's kind of earthy, kind of airy. Well, what about Monday? Monday's um, the moon You day. could do Monday, which is moon, the moon day as well. Or um, Thursday, which is Jupiter's day. I wouldn't necessarily do Thursday, but it depends on how you're trying to, how are you trying to focus that energy? Which prism are you going to try and focus it through? Yes. Are you going to try and focus it, focus that water elemental energy through the psychic, emotional, which is going to be the moon, or the control, which is going to be Thursday? Okay. Sorry, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna sidebar or tangent us there a little bit because, like, twice now, you like reference Jupiter as an influence of control. And it isn't. That's Saturn's kind of domain. Saturn controls and halts. 
Jupiter is great for domination because Jupiter is structures. King. Yeah. Yeah, but Jupiter's like the priest king. Yeah. It's great for control. Okay, anyway, do go on. So there, that's it. Make sure you have your evocations and stuff. Okay, and then, but then you. But so with all that done, you're mm-hmm. going to together. You you mentioned a few correspondence, mm-hmm. right? Um, then you you establish your altar, your working mm-hmm. space, right? Because I find that when you are going to be calling in these kinds of spirits, it's good to try to, as best you can. Again, going back to what I said several moments ago, right? You cannot control these spirits. Nope. Do not try. They will laugh at you and they will burn your house down. Okay, but you can, it is good, though it is best, I think, to, as you invite these spirits in, to have a designated space, which is the benefit of an altar, mm-hmm. right? Or a working space of some sort, right? So you're going to prepare that, right? Um, you then, probably don't want to call an elemental in your house. Yeah, I you know I, I was going to get to a point in a moment where we kind of clarified that a little bit because yeah, I, it would be comparable I think to making or issuing an invitation to say like fae mm-hmm. spirits. Like you're you really probably don't want those energies in your home. I mean, they're already there, but opening up a portal to just kind of like let them run rampant. Yeah. That just sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. That sounds like a disruption of peace. Uh, it, it, absolutely, it could be. Yes, yeah. Or you get really weird things that happen. You know, like I, uh, um, who was it years ago? It was a witch I was familiar with. They were working very. Uh, they were they were in the process. This is about a long time ago. Um, they were working with water elementals or a water elemental in mm-hmm. the process of trying to. Well, I won't go into all the details. Basically, they were working. With, they were they were working and had 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 I think fairly successfully had attracted a water elemental, and and you know and this is one of those things where obviously you know I tend to be a bit skeptical of these things, right? You know, you have to be, right? It never hurts to be a bit scientifically minded, you know. True. And remember, everything doesn't mean something, right? But I did think it was kind of a coincidence that around about the same time that she started to focus on this elemental and then because of some other situations that came up in her life where she kind of got sloppy with her ritual practice mm-hmm. and what she had initially set out to do with this elemental, she ended up coming down with a really nasty case of pneumonia. Oof. And that's water in your lungs, in essence, mm-hmm. right? Your lungs fill up with fluid. fluid. And you, you, in essence, you basically kind of salute. And she's fine. I mean, she didn't die, right? Um, you know, Do like, I know the switch? No. Oh, God, this is like, I was in college. This is oh, years okay. and years ago. Um, anyway. Ah, back in your willow days. My willow days? Yes. I was never willow. I was probably definitely more the Terra than the willow. True. Um, I'm the willow. You're the willow? Oh, well, that means I get shot. Oh, spoilers for all of our listeners who've never watched Buffy. Um, anyway. But then I get to go dark. That's awesome. Yes. Aren't you already kind of dark? No. Okay. Anyway, so I thought that was kind of interesting, though, because that, to me, was always kind of a little bit of a, not a warning necessarily, but almost kind of like a, like, if you're not particularly careful with how you craft your work with these kinds of spirits and you allow those energies kind of just to run amok in your life, Mm -hmm. like, they can materialize in some very unusual ways. And it is not to say, and and going back to that story or sharing that anecdote, it is not to say that the uh, water elemental, I think, was maliciously, like, it's not that it was attacking her, 
right? It's not that it was attacking her, but I think that in the process of, um, you know, just, well, for a number of reasons, right? We were seeing in this roundabout way, like this increase of water as an element in mm-hmm. her life in, and again, in a very unusual or unexpected way. Right? Well, well, think about it. When you're working with an elemental, you are surrounding yourself with that element, that, that element's energy that element's presence and power. Yeah. You're essentially evoking that elemental spirit out within yourself. Yeah. So I'm sure she also probably had lots of problems regulating her emotions, regulating her temperature. Mm. You know, um, I'm sure she probably had problems with retaining fluid as well. Probably swollen joints with Um, water. I'm sure these are all probably, I'm not sure about any of that. You know, uh, I'm sure her skin looked fabulous though. Um, Mm. But um, it's the same thing with, like, go the opposite direction, fire. Mm-hmm. If you're surrounding yourself with that kind of energy, then you're going to be more apt to be explosive. Yeah. Whether that's positive or negative. Overexcitable. You're never going to... You're always going to run hot. You're never going to be able to, like, cool down. You're going to be manic. Um, earth. You're going to start to get lethargic. Slow moving. You'll probably mm-hmm. start to gain weight. Um, I'm working with a lot of Earth energy. I think we're all in the, at least yeah. since the uh, the height of the pandemic, it would seem. Yes. My stomach tells me I'm working with a lot of Earth energy. Yes, emotional eating, and then you know, with air, anxiety. Yeah, anxious because you're in your head, in yeah. your head, and you probably ramble and you probably can't string together a coherent sentence, but you're probably spouting off a lot of wisdom and truth. Uh, well, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Somewhere between those lines. Depending on the person. Yeah. But also not able to actually emotionally connect with people. That's true because it's with your, when you're very airy, it can be hard to attach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hmm. Okay. So you've set up your work, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and again, I want to say for, for the sake of our listeners, if it seems like we're leaving out details or we're not really being specific on the process, the reason for that primarily is because there's no such thing as one process for this. You know, well, you have Middle Eastern processes, you would have Italian processes, Mediterranean processes, Greek processes. Uh, all well, these well, different every, every of culture, processes. every culture potentially works with these kinds of spirits in mm-hmm. some sense. They may call them different things, mm-hmm. right? But but indeed, this is sometimes what they are. And in fact, we even see how many times have you and I gone to do a house clearing oh, for someone where they're like, "There's a poltergeist in the house. There's an evil spirit. I've got a demon in the house." Right? You know, and then we get in there, and it's like you have a very angry earth elemental because you cut the big tree in the backyard down last Mm -hmm. year and yeah it's pissed off do something to make amends Mm -hmm. make an offering to that spirit and try to be a little more respectful a little bit more conscience of the the land here if you have to make another change to your yard really think that through first okay and that's happened quite a bit Mm -hmm. you know um and so so in looking at this, it's it's not that there is one right way or that there, uh, it, it, even to be honest, it doesn't even necessarily always come down to cultural significances and practices. It really comes down to you as an individual, you're going to need to connect to these things as an individual. Mm-hmm. These are separate intelligences. Okay. And and I think people struggle with that, right? There's this there's this thing that happens, particularly around the conversation of deity work, where say you meet some person who like, well, I work with the goddess Diana, and she's always like this with me, 
right? You know, um, and then you're going to find that they connect with someone else that wants to establish a connection with Diana. And that first practitioner is telling that second practitioner, well, she's going to be just like this, or she's going to talk with you just like this, or she's going to show up just like this, or mm -hmm. you're going to feel this kind of energy. And then the second practitioner, they don't get that same or that exact same experience of Diana. And so then they're like questions, right? Like, well, did I really connect with Diana? Am I really working with it? You know, and the answer is yes, absolutely. But deities and even these kinds of spirits they're not one faceted they're not one dimensional beings okay and so and yes you're going to find that in different times different circumstances and even in different practitioners you're going to get slightly different manifestations or personalities coming through mm -hmm. in these spirits right so so that's why when i talk about how you need to kind of establish a personal connection Okay, that and there are methods that you can use to do that that are more established certainly but the results of those methods and what you ultimately you personally experience from these spirits is going to be just that it's going to be what you experience mm -hmm. it has to be otherwise you're basically just copying someone else's work and who the fuck wants to do that right so anyway where was I going before I, I, I went there so we've called our elemental mm -hmm. right we've done the thing right why would we want to work with an elemental what would really be the benefit of that Austin Working um, with elementals is kind of like working with trickster spirits in the sense that, like... You had to go there, huh? They can get things done in the real world pretty efficiently. Mm -hmm. Pretty efficiently, really pretty effectively. Albeit in very non... In, in very non-traditional ways. Okay. Um, but... They can get shit done. On top of that, um, they're primal, and they kind of permeate everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. That, that was what I was waiting to hear. Okay. Yeah. So, that would be why. Okay. Yeah. That's true. They, they are a direct conduit to basically everything that structures our world. Mm -hmm. Right? In some sense, anyway. Yeah. So, okay. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for elaborating on that. You're welcome. I, I, I was kind of surprised to hear you make the comparison to trickster spirits. I was like, what? Really? You can't see that? You, you can't see the, the correlations there? Um, uh, I, I can see in the process of negotiating work and, and even because of some element of the chaotic energy mm -hmm. or, or, or manifestation of some of these spirits powers i could see some correlation there i guess what, where, I, what I, where i'm going with that is like really you had to go there is that term the trickster spirit thing has become so overblown yes oh it my has God. which it's... is why i'm gonna tell you right now even if you are working with a trickster spirit and not you know i don't know whatever fucking deity you think you're working with that's okay that's okay that's okay yeah Yes, there, there's it is nothing indeed wrong okay. with that. And, and the reason I drew that correlation is because trickster spirits are not always going to be malicious. Just like elemental spirits are not always going to be malicious. So even if, you, let's say, you're calling up, you, you think you're working with, fuck, I don't know, Hera. And it's actually really just a trickster spirit. Mm -hmm. And the trickster spirit is getting the job done. It's breaking up the relationship of the unfaithful lover. You know, it's still doing what you needed to do. It's still doing what you needed to do. You know, now it's not there to be overtly malicious to you, but mm -hmm. 
But if you don't follow up with your end of the bargain, it's mm-hmm. going to get you. That's very true. Just You've, like an elemental yeah. will. Mm-hmm. If you make a, if you work with an elemental and you promise that that earth elemental that you're going to make sure that you keep your keep this one specific part of the yard clean and you're going to do your job to recycle and you're going to compost then you better keep through with that otherwise your crops will blight Mm -hmm. everything that earth elemental helps you become prosperous healthy fertile and abundant and it will take away just as quickly Mm -hmm. it's true and not in nice ways it's not just going to be like oh i'm giving you a warning your plants are dying it's going to be cool, you're going to wake up and slugs have gotten to all of your garden. And if you were relying on that for food, sucks, I guess. Be better. Well, just, Make sure you you follow through. Just eat the slugs. I mean, you could eat the slugs, but you won't find the slugs or the snails. They'll be out there. Oh, okay. Alright, so you, you said something very interesting in that, that response. You talked about um, the idea of kind of like breaking the deal, breaking the contract, breaking the promise to the spirits that you're working mm-hmm. with. And that kind of brought up some some knowledge that I have and and I put a little bit of belief in this to be honest because I'm an animist um, in my practice and I think most folk practitioners witches whatever I think most of us tend to be animistic in our practice our belief system right at least right um, but in a lot of indigenous um, communities when you look at these spiritual belief kind of like what we would call maybe like the lore the mythology. Uh, around belief and spirit in indigenous communities specifically there is this idea or you there are these stories that are told around basically kind of like the the birth of humanity or how Mm -hmm. humanity first came to this world right Mm -hmm. Um, and what that looked like and how at that time um the plant uh the the plant spirits and the animal spirits and even spirits like elementals all work much closer to humanity mm-hmm. that everybody kind of like worked together to sustain life and to nurture and to create also to destroy but only to destroy so that further creation was made possible mm-hmm. right and that we all kind of work together right including the raw elementals right the elementals of our, of our world and our universe um and it was really only when humanity uh gave way to fear and greed that these other spirits recognized the the basically what I would call the the humanity of us and our our weakness mm-hmm. and and how easily we could be corrupted mm-hmm. on all different levels and in that moment that was when the elementals and the plant spirits and the animal spirits all started to distance themselves or turn away from humanity and it was in that moment where i think early man kind of realized oh wow i'm I'm alone in this world. I, I had everything and all of these, I had this amazing spiritual family with all of these other types of beings and intelligences and I, I fucked it up. Um, you know, and I'm not, you know, saying that, like that should become anybody who listens to this episode that that should become your personal cosmology, um, particularly if you're not indigenous. But, um, but I think about things like that and I think about how easy it does seem to be for some people to do an evocation or to do a rite and to call in a spirit and then you know a week later decide eh change my mind you know and it's like okay well you don't get to ghost an elemental yeah 
if you've made promises and there's something that has yet to be fulfilled, that spirit's going to get what it's owed one way or another. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same way with gods. It's the same with all those things. If you're working with a spirit and you cannot fulfill the contractual obligations, don't fucking work with spirits. Or do the best you can and then see if they are willing to bend a little bit and make some other arrangement with you. Sure. Or just follow through with your initial word. There's that, yeah. You know, don't make promises you can't fucking keep. A witch's word is their bond. Yes. Okay. Which is why when I'm sitting here and I'm, I, I've had several conversations where, oh, well, I, I, I said I'd do this and, and, and then I didn't. And now I think they're upset with me. I'm like, they're probably not upset with you, but you're feeling that distance because they're like, cool. I'm not going to help you out or continue my end of the bargain until you fulfill yours. Yeah. And then some. That's true. Because I'm not waiting around for you, human. Well, I think, you know, there, there's the, um, there, there is a quote kind of along the lines of like, you know, like ultimately people kind of show you who they are. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I think the same could very much be true from the perspective of spirits, right? Like spirits who choose to work with us are like, sooner or later, you're going to show me who you are. Mm -hmm. Well, you're they're already untrusting. You're going to show me your level of dedication, particularly elemental spirits. You, you raise a very good point there because of the way that humanity has interacted with uh, the way that we interact with our physical world. You know, our lack of care, we put poisons in the air, we put poisons in the water, we put poisons in the earth, you know, and then in turn, we see the earth put poisons in us, mm -hmm. right? Because that's all it can do, because it's so full of our shit, right? Um, that yes, the, the intelligences and the spirits connected to these things, they are, a lot of them, not very happy with humanity. Um, and that's one of the reasons we've talked on other episodes, one of the reasons why where you'll, like, see you'll maybe walk into a forest... And it seems like almost like the trees and the rocks and things. It's like, you're like, you're not welcome here. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's why. You know, so like other people have been here and they've been shitty. They've come in with their, their ATVs and they have left empty cans and plastic wrappers all over the place. And they, they shit over there on this tree's roots and you didn't even bother to pick it up. And there's just shit there now. And we're not happy about it. We're not your toilet. Mm -hmm. Right? Anyway, um, so... So you're right. So these are spirits that can sometimes take a little bit of extra coaxing. And, and you know, and you do, you have to work a little bit harder sometimes to really kind of earn your relationship with these spirits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and they were here before us. Yeah. yeah. So remember that. That's true. And that's one of the other things that we, I you know, I shared a moment ago that we've run into um, upset elemental spirits in the process of doing home clearings for people. Mm -hmm. And it, it amazes me the arrogance of humanity that we move into a space and because we want that space, right? This is mine now, right? I live here. This is mine now. I'm going to do what I want. This is mine, right? We we forget, like, something else lived here before me. And I might be physically living in this space now, but that doesn't necessarily mean that what was here before has completely let go. Mm-hmm. And then in the process of trying to, say, maybe remove an elemental or some sort of genus loci or some other sort of spirit that has a real tie to that physical land, not your home, maybe, but the land that your home sits on, right? Or whatever the building may be, right? Maybe it's not your home. Maybe it's your job, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. your, your office. Um, but then to then go in and say, like, oh, or to try to call someone in, like you or me, and say, get rid of this spirit. 
you know, if, if we're honest with you, if you're dealing with an ethical and honest practitioner of whatever kind, they're going to laugh in your fucking face. And they're going to say, there's no way I'm going to come in here and kick this elemental off of this property because it was here millennia before you were. The way I usually handle that conversation is, it was here before you. It'll be here long after you. So you can try and make peace mm-hmm. or you can try and deal. Yeah. Well, and what happens in a situation like that, though, Austin, so... so when you have someone who act actively tries because mm-hmm. people do right because again we're arrogant right humans we think we're we think we're the the alpha we think we're the top of the food Fucking chain workers um and they do they decide oh well i you know i don't care what it is you told me it was an earth elemental or whatever but i don't know that i believe that i i'm just gonna get rid of it. it's a demon i'm just gonna get rid of it. you know and they and they are so caught up in what they want they they fail to to be reasonable and logical right and so they make an effort to try to clear that spirit out and then all of a sudden, all of the the shit that was going on that was bothering them before is then, like, dialed up to 11, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, my God, things got so much worth. How many times have we had some rich white chick from Park City drive in here and be like, ah, there was this negative energy in my house, and I burned some sage, and it got even worse. It's like, how many times have we heard that? Every day. Well, almost every day. Um, Every you know, and when day. we have when we have someone come into the shop and say that you know there is always in the back of my mind I can only speak for myself, but in this but in the back of my mind there's always that momentary like Jesus Christ the entitlement and the arrogance in these people oh my God and why are you burning sage you know uh, but of course you cannot go there right because if anything that's an opportunity to educate. Right? Oh, I go there. You know, sometimes you do. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to, right? You like you've, you've hit your threshold for bullshit, right? And you're like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta just, I gotta put this person in their place, right? Um, anyway, but that's an opportunity to educate, right? And to be able to actually say, well, you know, this is probably what happened. You probably tried to do this to get rid of an energy that really, to be honest, probably has more right to be in that place than you do. And now it's really pissed off at you because you tried to evict it when it's actually the landlord in this situation. Right, um, and you know, and that goes like a lot of people can't they can't fathom that they struggle with that. Humans cannot see past their puny mortal lives to understand that which is larger than them. Um, yes, that was almost poetic. It's true. Yeah, it's okay. true. I can't tell you how many times people come in. And, I need to get some sage so that I can clean my my parents' house because there's just the bad. Spirit. There's just a negative spirit in my parents' house. Did you always sound like that? It's like this really weird, like, California Valley girl Kardashian thing. Exactly. And I'm just like, yeah. I, I, the conversation you just have is, okay, well, have you had anyone go in and try and communicate with it? I've never even thought of that. I've just been burning fudge. And how's that worked for you? Not well. That's why they're in our store. Well, it gets good, and then it gets worse. And then I'm exhausted at that point. I go, okay, well, we offer house clearings and we actually have a team that does that. What I would suggest is not using white sage because it's part of a closed indigenous practice and it actually blasts everything out and then leaves this vacuum and you're not actually doing it right. So I'm going to suggest that you use either juniper or rosemary as they both purify and protect. Well done. And then they go, okay, I'll smudge with that. And I'm like, you don't smudge. You Smudging don't smudge. is not what that is. That's not what this is. And they're like, ugh, it's the same thing. And I'm like, it's not. It's really not. But okay, you ignorant, ignorant bitch. These are almost always the same women. White women. 
And I'm not trying to crap on the white women. White women are, you know, lovely. Although a lot of them did no. vote Republican again in these midterm elections. And I'm terribly disappointed in just, on average, just white women in general. Um, anyway, but those are almost always the same women, the women that you have that interaction with that then follow up with, a, well, I'm a Hayoka. Mm-hmm. I love that conversation, or, too. I, had, I the, had a Celtic shaman come to my house and it didn't know anything. Yeah, well, it's because there's no such thing as a Celtic shaman. Um, we actually had a Hayoka situation in this store today. It was kind of interesting. Oh, my God, really? Um, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll share it in a moment. Um, anyway, back to elementals. Okay, so right, so we, we've... Uh, I, I'm just, I'm just going to kind of pull us, pull us back, okay? Back to the practical, okay? Oh, so okay. we've done everything we can to do to, to do the research into, okay, what I need to conjure an elemental. I prepared a space that is going to be suitable to temporarily uh, not house... Basically, I prepared an altar or working space that will temporarily work to contain to not contain or to to give that elemental a space to manifest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do my negotiation. I, I do whatever I need to do, right? I I, I call upon or take up take upon some of the of the energy that the elemental may or may not be willing to share, right? And then I'm like, okay, and I'm done now, right? So now, what about when we decide, or maybe, and we've done this the right way, right? We're doing this mm-hmm. the right way. Now, we've done what we needed to do, and now it's like, okay, well, now it's time to say goodbye, right? How would you how would you elaborate on that, or how would you tell people, like, this is kind of how you should probably be doing this? You know, if you did it high ceremonially, which is what well, you Well, don't should. do it high ceremonially, because high ceremonial magicians, when it comes to the way that they treat these spirits, are assholes. And I know there are going to be high ceremonial practitioners who are listening to this episode and be like, well, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't care. You can draw all of your pentacles. You can draw all your sigils. You can do all your seals. You can do your, well, I called upon this archangel and this archangel has dominion over blah, blah, blah. You can do all of that shit. But I'm telling you right now, you do not really control that elemental. You would never be able to control that elemental. That thing is older and way more powerful than you will ever be. Tiny, tiny magician. Um, with so, your $300 wand and embroidered with crystals. Exactly. So, so anyway, so get over you yourself. You can only use once. Get over yourself. Uh, anyway, so, so, okay, yes, there are high ceremonial rites that you can use to evoke and banish yes. these spirits. But do we really need to do that? Because no, most of the time these Just spirits, be respectful. Exactly. Thank just you. Just be respectful. Just say thank you when... My when when the end of the bargain is complete, you will have the other part of this. In the meantime, here's uh here's an offering of thanks that is basically, hey, thank you for showing up and working with me. Okay. And then maintain that altar. Again, if you're working with spirits and you can't maintain an altar, probably don't work with spirits and have an altar. If you cannot keep your altar somewhat functional, probably don't have one. And I don't want, I, I, I know that's going to make me sound like, oh, well, you're ableist, you're ableist. I'm like, uh, no, no, it's called respect for yourself and respect for that spirit. That doesn't mean it needs to be cleaned and washed and sensed every day, but it does mean that you should probably refill the water before there's mold growing in the chalice. Well, okay, so I think that maybe this is a good thing, and we, we, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but since you've, you've kind of gone there, maybe rather than focusing on that as an issue of maybe a, a potential ableism, right, or, or calling people out for these kinds of things, right, maybe the conversation should be more along the lines of what is an altar really? An altar? Because I think when people hear that word, they either... It's a table with they pretty either, 
Well, I think a few things come to mind for different people, right? If you are someone who has a lot of religious background, you're probably going to think or picture the pulpit at the church, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to, you know, or whatever, right? You know, or if you're someone maybe that is, um, God, who knows, maybe you spent your childhood playing D&D, right? And you're going to hear the word altar and you're going to think, oh, it's this big stone slab in the middle of a, of a catacomb and it's got relics and who knows and dried blood and... And there's always used condoms and underwear on the floor because what the hell are these pagans doing, right? Um, anyway, but, you know, or, you know, yeah, if you're a light worker, right, you're going to be like, oh, well, that's where I put all of my crystal obelisks and my angel statues and my oracle cards to, like, purify them in between readings because, uh, yeah. Anyway, so you're going to you're gonna have different people. And I'm not saying that any of those things are necessarily wrong, right? Because if it's your altar, it's whatever the hell you need it to be, right? Um, as long as it's also what you need it to be for the spirit you're working with, mm-hmm. right? Anyway, but what really is an altar? An altar, an altar is a physical meeting space constructed by humans or by the practitioner to function as a medium between the practitioner and the spirits and the realms they are working with. It's a portal. Okay, but in the context uh, context of like the physical the altar, right? You don't need to have a big elaborate setup. No. For an altar. Not unless you your can, spirits call for that. You can't. I, I know very effective witches who have an altar that basically is like two feet by one feet uh, of, of uh, one foot uh, of, of square space on the top of a dresser in their bedroom. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, like, so you don't need to. No, and I, I don't. You, know, you don't need to go there. I know other people who have converted like the hearth in front of their fireplace, like, this is my altar. Right? Um, and, you know, and so, so I think maybe that, that's maybe some clarification that we need to have when we're having that discussion, right? You, we all need to, I think, be Okay, more, but oh, I didn't say anything about altars being big and elaborate. I well, said no, no, taking no, no, care no, of your no, altar well, Yeah, but, but I think <laughs> I'm, I'm talking for the benefit of maybe some of our listeners because I think they hear that and they're like, oh my gosh, that sounds like a lot of work. And I don't know that I have the time or maybe the physical slash emotional mm. availability to do that. Don't do you know? it. And in that situation, what I'm trying to tell those people is you don't need a big, fancy No, you don't. Altar. You can do something small. Even and... on your small altar, you still have to take care of it, though. Well, you do. And that's, 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 where, that's where I struggle with these people who are like, oh, well, I don't have the space. It's like, I'm not saying you need a big altar. I'm saying that with the altar that you have, you need to take care of it. Yeah, because if you respect that altar and that space and the spirits you're working with, it's going to be your your one foot by two foot altar on top of a dresser is going to hold much more power, much more charge, and much more just all around oomph than the gigantic three tiered huge elaborate altar with the hand carved stone relics and because guess what like my altar yeah i guess um it's gonna pack more punch because you've taken care of it if your altar is too big for you to maintain maybe downsize a little bit and if your response is well i have 15 different deities that i have to work with no you're probably not working with 15 different deities you're probably working with one and many different aspects that you've chosen to add those things to okay i mean fair so i guess what i was trying to say is in essence is it's much easier to clean an altar that you've set up on the top of your dresser than to clean an altar that takes up like the whole side of a room in your house yes right um yes and i would know because i have a very large altar 
can we have one episode where we don't have to talk about how big your altar is, Austin? We get it. You have a big altar. A huge altar. It's the biggest I've ever seen. I'm surprised it'll even fit in the room. Inappropriate. Your altar is so big. My altar's three-tiered. It's a common... And it has tiers, mm. too. Not only is it big, it's got tiers. It has layers. Big tiers. Um, Shut the fuck up. Anyway, um, yes, mine is a little bit bigger. It's a little bit more elaborate than others, but that's just me as a practitioner. Me as a practitioner, that's what I have. On top of that, that's also my working altar. It's yeah. not just the altar where I'm like, hey, Hecate, what's up? That's also the altar where I'm like, our coven spirits. That's also the altar where I'm like, yeah, oh, I have, I have, I got to do a spell. I, I have a spell original. going on for a yeah. client. Mm -hmm. I have a spell going on for me. I have yeah. a spell going on for someone in the coven. I have this. I got all these things going on. On top of that, I need to make sure that I take care of this. So yeah, my altar gets messy really, really quick. Yeah. But I also make sure that I'm paying attention to my altar. I'm making sure that when the incense burner is full of ash, I'm cleaning it i'm making sure that i'm refilling the water as it needs to be i'm making sure that i'm tending to my altar and it was the same way even when my altar was a four by four square on top of a dresser and it was the same when my altar was because i had the small 12 by 2 altar okay when i was a kid so you still have to take care of it and using an excuse of i just don't have the emotional bandwidth is fine a couple of times it's fine a couple of times but eventually that's just avoidance that's happening and you need to be real with yourself about that uh noted okay all right um that's I'm, for my students y'all best I'm be listening totally, i'm totally lost on where we were at with our you asked me to define what an altar was, so I told no, you what good. an altar well, was. Well, and I, and I, I took us there, so I knew you are good. So I'm, I'm just trying to reel us back to our, the topic of our podcast. But I think, in essence, we've actually really we've talked about it. Um, you respectively say goodbye to the elemental spirit. Mm -hmm. Boom. And then you maintain that altar for the time you are working with that spirit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is how we went down that rabbit hole. Yes, thank you. Oh, you saved me. Okay. Well, I mean, I... I'm sitting here and I'm like, I, I can't really think of anything that would really be... This con this topic, to be honest, and this was suggested to us by a listener, okay? Someone who wanted, like, a little more practical information on how to work with these spirits. And I, I am sitting here and I'm thinking back on what we've discussed tonight. I'm like, I don't think we actually really provided anything practical but maybe i think we did um well how I, about you go ahead and you give some practical information no, 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 no. here's that here's where i'm going with this okay because when this topic came through and i saw this i was like oh my god this is either a topic that we don't do at all because holy shit or a topic that we decide yeah we're gonna do this but people better be prepared for a three hour long podcast yeah because there is a lot going on here with this particular subject and a lot of information and such a wide spectrum of spiritual practices around elementals. Um, I'm like, there's, there would be no way really to do this justice. So I'm, I'm going to say short of diving into another two hours worth of conversation on the specifics of ritual, establishing spiritual contracts, establishing physical connection, all of these other things, additional information on correspondences, 
I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing not to go there because I, I just, I don't know that I have it in me tonight. And, and to be honest, I, I'm really thinking that the majority of the people that are going to listen to this episode, they're not going to care. They're, they're not going to want to go there unless they're actively pursuing a high ceremonial practice. They're not going to need all that shit. Um, yeah. So hopefully that doesn't disappoint any of our listeners. Um, if you want to know how to practically work with the elements, respect them as they are found naturally within the world itself. Yeah. You know, recycle. When you're going on a walk, pick up the trash. When you're when you're doing anything with fire, make sure you're not burning things that are toxic to the environment. If you're working with incense uh, or something like that, or scents, make sure that you're working with scents that are not going to be harmful to the genus loci or the fauna or the flora around that area. It's quite simple to build a respectful relationship with those elemental spirits. Yeah, it is. It doesn't need to be hard. All right, well, I got nothing. That's it. You like went from like, yeah, we're talking to like, I'm sad now and I don't think anyone's ever going to understand this. No, I'm not sad. I think think the tired just hit. Okay. It's been a long week. I'm I'm basically working every day now. Um, And so... Mm. Hmm? What? What? You are in the shop every day, yes. And when I'm here, I'm just sitting here on my butt in the corner doing nothing? No, that's not what I said. What are you saying? Sorry to all of our listeners, apparently I'm not pulling my weight. That's not what I'm saying. I'm such a slacker ass. That's not what I'm I just, saying. I'm just here to, to, to look pretty, and I'm not even good at doing that. I should be fired. Oh my god. Um, Shut <clears throat> up. Well, I'm so sorry that we differed opinion on this, Austin. You're right. I do absolutely nothing for the story. That's not what I said. Oh, that's what I'm choosing to hear. That's what you're um, choosing to hear. Anyway. What I'm saying is, yes, you are here every single day. As I was saying, the tired hit. And so no, so I'm fine. I'm not I'm not sad or upset. I'm just like I'm just sitting here and I'm like, oh wow, okay. Like we're right at almost an hour and twenty minutes. I think I think Let's we, go to McDonald's. I think we've talked enough. You wanna go to McDonald's? Yeah. Okay. That was random. Oh, so yeah, so we had someone into the shop today that was like, Hey, I'm a Hayoka. Um And you were like, huh, cool, no, where are your Lichtenstein? No, I didn't have this interaction. It was it was Vlad that had this interaction with them personally. Uh-oh. But um, afterwards, did he read them to filth? No, he didn't read them to filth. Vlad is always very good at educating people and kind of talking them down at the same time. Okay, and I find this whole Hayoka thing is something that continues to pop up in weird ways in the light worker community. And this person was very much a light worker. Um, oh God, do I know this person? Vlad, Vlad, the only reason I know this that, about this discussion because you know we're not in the habit of, of sharing people's readings, and he didn't give me any specifics on the reading. But he did tell me that this guy had come in. It was a, a man that came in. Usually, it's usually it's a white woman, uh, but this man had come in and was like, "I I think I might be a Hayoka," and he related an experience to Vlad. And I don't have all the details, but he, he Vlad is telling he related this experience to me, where he thinks because this particular thing happened, that he's a Hayoka, and. And he's talking to me, and the reason Vlad brought this up is Vlad knows that I have done some training with uh, Lakota Sioux indigenous medicine practitioners, indigenous practitioners, spiritual practitioners. And so, and the Hayoka is a spiritual figure that shows up in some Lakota Mm -hmm. traditions. 
And so he was like, which, you know, he, when we're talking, basically, he's like, he's like, so what's your understanding of this? Or because this is my understanding of this. And we, so we were comparing notes, right? Anyway, um, so the idea for our listeners, the, the Heoka, and this is, I, I, the reason I feel that this is applicable to this particular episode is that Heoka in some of the, the stories, the retellings, Heoka have very strong ties to a couple of very powerful elemental spirits and i'm calling them elemental spirits which is probably not doing them justice because i think that indigenous practitioners who actually um hold these traditions would would certainly identify them differently okay um but i'm not a part of those traditions so this this is my my uh my layman's explanation hayoka are within indigenous tribes that have these uh spiritual figures they are a type of shaman or a, a medicine worker, a spiritual medicine worker. And they are, typically, they are born of tribe. They grow up, and these are people that are very often, particularly as they are younger, they are very susceptible to, um, they, they can have a lot of issues with mental instability and mm-hmm. emotional health. Um, they can be, uh, just we'll just say that they can be very difficult people to be around for a number of reasons. Um, and as God, they- I'm a Hayoka. You're difficult to be around, f- yes, for a number of reasons, but oh but it's different. It's different. Um, I'm just a bitch. You're being insensitive. Anyway, um, these these. You're what? I'm being insensitive. Yeah, you're being insensitive. Uh, do go on. So these these spiritual practitioners, these 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 shamanistic practitioners. Okay, these are people that are in some of the stories, some of the beliefs, these are people that are chosen mm-hmm. by, uh, in some stories, it's Thunderbird. Uh, there are other spirits, and I'm not going to go into the, the specifics there because those are not my traditions to share. Um, but they are chosen by spirits of particular power mm-hmm. that are connected to those tribes. And that, that cho- choosing is something that happens usually at a very young age. And in a lot of the stories, that's one of the reasons why these people are so different and why they behave so differently and why they can be sometimes very difficult um, for other people in, in their tribes and in their families is because they've, they've been changed in some way. They were chosen to be different mm-hmm. um, by that other spiritual power. One of the other things that pops up pretty consistently within these stories is the incidence of lightning there is a, a belief in some of the stories that people, in order to truly be a heyoka, that you must be struck by lightning, that you must have some direct encounter with lightning or, again, thunderbird. Um, this is another way that you are physically chosen. Mm-hmm. You're marked. Um, you are marked in a sense, yes. Um, but it is through that experience that the full capacity of your spiritual powers are also supposed to be awakened or is supposed to be awakened. Mm-hmm. So when... You, if you are someone, I would hope if you were listening to our podcast that you are not one of these people, but who the hell knows? Um, if you've had people tell you this, that they are a, a Hayoka. Um, and a lot of times I don't hear Hayoka shaman. I don't hear that as much. It's the Hayoka empath thing that I hear a lot, which is bullshit. That's not a real thing. Grow the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, get a life. Um, but the Hayoka thing, just You're in not general... Special. If you hear someone dropping that, the, these these are the things I want you to ask that person. Um, 
short short of maybe just walking away and, and with your head shaking or, or laughing because obviously these people are more than likely insane. Um, what's their tribal affiliation? What formal training do they have within the realm of that tribal's spiritual medicinal practices? And what what actual formal recognition do they have within their tribe or within their family structure, whatever it may be, um, that would um, confirm the, the patterns of behavior and some of the mental and emotional challenges that these people can face? These are definitely neurodivergent people, okay? Um, and beyond that, have they ever had a very unusual experience with thunder slash lightning uh, up to and including being struck by lightning? And if their answer to those questions is either a blank stare or a, well, none, then that person absolutely is full of shit. And the thing is, you don't even need to ask that question because they were full of shit to begin with because people who are actually Hayoka don't run around telling you that they're Hayoka. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting, though, because we had this person in the shop. It's like, 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 okay, have any of these things happened to you? Well, eh, probably not. Do you have any affiliation with a tribe that would have this particular belief? No, you don't. So pull your head out of whatever lightworker guru's ass it's gotten lost in and find a legitimate spiritual practice or fuck off. Uh, I remember my first interaction with someone who was a Hayoka. Ugh. Yeah, oh, God, that was, was a fun day. Probably not for them, but oh that was a fun God. day for you. 10.30. They they were here for o- over an hour before we opened. And then, of course, they're wandering around. And they're doing the thing that I really, really just don't like. Why'd you let them in so early? I didn't. Oh. Remember, we made them wait. Oh, that's right. They were outside because, yeah, we... Well, we, we can't let people in early because we have shit we have to do first yeah. thing. Yeah. And so... But they, they did the thing that really just upsets me. Particularly when I pointed out, like, hey... We have shopping baskets. They just piling all their stuff up. Oh, yeah, yeah. What is it about, like, spoiled white women who are, like, more, like, new agey where they do that? They come up and they just throw shit on the counter. I don't know. It's like, excuse me, Brittany, but would you please pick up a shopping basket? Well, and I I even put it out, like, no, because then I'll just buy more. And I finally just snapped and I was like, I need you to use a shopping basket because there are other people in the store and I don't have the counter space that I need. This is not your counter at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I've got to ring up other customers. So, wandering around, just, I've just been struggling because I'm a Hayoka, and I'm like, what tribe? Huh? I guess you couldn't answer any of that shit. I remember and that. And I was like, oh, so no tribal affiliation. Do you have yeah. any training? No. no. Okay. Um. So, like, do you have any Liechtenstein marks? Honey, honey, that's not how that works. That's not what that means. That's not what a hayoka is. People you don't know call you honey. And I looked at her and I was like, honey, where'd you hear that term? Yeah, all the vocal fry. Yeah. And she, well, I was at this shop in Orem and that's what they said. Sad. And I went, well, they're wrong and they lied to you because you're not. Mm-hmm. And I educated her on the very little that I know, just from what I know from you. And she just, oh, so I'm just like a super powerful empath. And I'm like, 
You know, she couldn't have been because if she had been that powerful, she would have sensed your irritation. She would have sensed the fact that I was visualizing, yes, pushing her in front of a bus. Helps. Helps a lot. You don't kill our customers. I don't. I'm not going to. I never will. But there are times where I'm like, the only reason that I'm not telling you to get the fuck out right now is because I am am in my happy place. Yes, go to your happy place. Happy place. Go to your happy place. Isn't that interesting, though? I'm, I'm going to say, since you bring that up, if anybody, if you're listening to this, of course you're listening to this, right? You're you're here. I, w- I would hope you would be listening. Well, I mean, maybe um, they're reading it. They could be reading it. That's true. We do have readers, apparently, I seem to think. Um, I mean, that could be, like, closed captions or some shit. Who knows? Possibly. Yeah. Um, anyway, if you ever go into a shop, a spiritual shop, a metaphysical shop, and I know often I, when we do the podcast, and even sometimes when you deal with us in the store, we can seem very grumpy we can be very gruff and some people depending on where they're at they sometimes even think that we can that we're mean mm-hmm. um, you know but it is not our, our interest really to come across like that what it really what we're trying to do is we're trying to be honest with you we're trying to give you truth and empower you in a legitimate way to continue to do whatever it is that you are doing spiritually but doing it in the right way mm-hmm. okay um so so forgive us for those moments where maybe we are a bit too much but um if you ever go into a shop though and somebody who works in that shop immediately starts to like do the like, well, you must be a Hayoka. You're, I can tell you're a really powerful empath. Oh my God. I can just see the energy around you. You're a really powerful witch. And they start to do that to you. I'm going to tell you right now. They're just trying to get sales. They're just trying to sell you more shit. That's all they're doing. They are trying to flatter and butter you up so that you will let down your guard and that you will buy that expensive thing that they want you to buy. It's it's the same reason that waiters flirt with you. They want a bigger tip. I just said a waiter. I just said waiter. And I know they're servers now. I just dated myself because when I was younger, they were still referred to as waiters, but I know they're, they're servers now. Oh. Um, if anybody I, I did not catch that memo. If anybody listens to our, or listening to our episode is actually a server, please forgive me for using a, a dated term. Yes. Um, anyway, but it's the same reason that people in, in service positions of whatever sort are are overly kind or nice to you a lot of the time is they they want a bigger tip they want another sale Mm -hmm. you know we don't get tips no we don't get tips here but we also don't do that shit to people yeah we don't have people come in and we don't we don't sit and go oh you're such a powerful blah 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 you know like for one thing i don't think we need to do that Mm -mm. you know i would i would hope that people who are coming through our door here to shop here would already have some sense of their power and if they didn't they would at least be able to see through bullshit like that anyway so that was weird it was almost like a throwback to our old what are we loving and hating bitch sessions that we used to do um which we haven't done in a while and to be honest it's probably a good thing because too much negativity um i said it a few minutes ago and here i am saying it again i got nothing i'm done you have anything else you want to say before we end this episode we appreciate you. We are most likely not going to be doing an episode next week just because it is the week of... It is Exploit Indigenous Americans Day. Yes. yes. One um, of one of the days to exploit... Isn't, isn't that basically every day now, though? Yeah. Yeah, basically with where 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 everyone everyone lives is on stolen land. Yeah. Um, no, it is it is the holiday that everyone refers to as Thanksgiving. I just I, I just say it's an excuse to gorge on on deliciousness on deliciousness and a bird that tastes like cardboard. 
Yes. And we haven't had long pigs since last Thanksgiving. It's true. Um, so I wish everyone a happy holiday. For those of you who struggle around the holidays, know that that it is okay. You get to pick your family. You get to pick and choose. And what better way to celebrate the holiday than with a gift card from your friendly neighborhood? No, we don't do sponsorships here. Um, what better way to celebrate the holiday than to sit home and just honestly take care of you? And make sure that you are being taken care of. That's true. If if you don't have anywhere to go, if you don't have family that you're comfortable around, or if you're stuck, God forbid, you know, sick, um, please do what you can to take care of yourself and make the best of it. And for those of you who I know struggle with eating disorders, because, hi, uh, do not feel pressured to eat do not feel pressure to do those things. Don't let other people pressure you. Stay strong. Assert your boundaries. And remember that you're worth it. You're worthy. Yes. Remember, you are the reason for the season. Barf. So. Well, happy Turkey Day or whatever the fuck you celebrate. Thank you, Oprah. It was lovely hosting this episode with you. Oh my uh, God. Bane's back. Well, hello. I seem to have forgotten that... You should... I can't do it. I forgot. I was going to say something stupid, and I forgot what stupid thing I was going to say. Oh. Let's go get McDonald's now. Oh, you like McDonald's too, Bane? It's so good. How do you eat with your mask, though? Don't worry about it. But I... But I... uh, Okay. I said don't worry about it. Do you look like Tom Hardy under there? I said don't worry about it. Happy witching. Um, yes. Happy, Happy witching. witching. Have a good um, we have will, a good we will day. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thank you, everybody.